You are listening to Elder Law Answers for Attorneys. Elder Law Answers is the leading provider of web-based practice development tools for elder law attorneys. We help firms reach clients with tools designed by elder law attorneys for elder law attorneys. I'm Rebecca Hobbs, the National Director of Elder Law Answers and a practicing elder law attorney in the Philadelphia area. In each episode of Elder Law Answers for Attorneys, we will chat with leading experts in the field of elder law, marketing, and practice development. Welcome. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Adrian Turner on how we can train our law office staff to provide excellent customer service to our elder law clients. We're going to be discussing leadership effectiveness, how to inspire our staff, and what we can do to kind of think outside the box and make our law offices more creative. Adrian is a certified coach, speaker, and professional development trainer. Her company, Turner Coaching, Training, and Consulting, LLC, provides workforce solutions and career management services. Adrian is the author of Fearless, Inspired, Transformed, Fit for Success, which, based on her podcast, provides strategies for personal and professional development. And last month, it was number 38 on Amazon's bestsellers list. So welcome, Adrian. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, so today, you know, we're going to first kind of focus a little bit on leadership and leadership effectiveness. You know, as elder law attorneys, providing excellent customer service to our clients is such a key element to a successful law practice. You know, customers now have immediate access to information. They can search on the internet for information when they're trying to figure out, you know, who they want to meet with or hire for elder law services. So as an attorney, as a leader of our organization, what can we do to inspire our staff and make sure that they're delivering excellent service to our clients? Well, I would say that we first need to know what are the success factors for customer service success. Mm -hmm. People are looking for personalized service. So it doesn't matter if you already have, you know, 500 clients. They want to feel like they are the one. So that is important. In order to deliver excellence in customer service, it's important to gather feedback. And I tell folks, some of your most negative feedback is the greatest source of information that you can get because it makes you aware of opportunities for greater service. Also, uh, people want to work with an organization because they know, like, and trust you. So it's important that we build relationships with our customers so that they can feel that really not that they're a customer. You know, some organizations have even changed the word customer to say associate or partner or member because they really want you to feel like you are important to them. So so that means I'm getting to know them. What are their needs? What is the pain point? Where can you uh, best service them to ensure that when they walk away from you, they will make a recommendation for you? And sometimes, you know, that takes a, a lot of work. But when you train your staff on understanding what the customer needs are and that the customer is a priority, 
that really helps to deliver excellence and service. So I would say you really need to know who your customer is. Yeah, I think that's so key what you said about the negative feedback and not being afraid of that. What are some things we can do to turn that around, you know, and take that negative feedback and and make changes and not be afraid of that? So the first thing is to take action. If someone says that I called and I was on hold for 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. then you might want to find a way to be able to answer calls more quickly. And that might not, you know, mean hiring a new person. That might mean you change a procedure to say, you know, this is going to be an extended call that I'm on with another associate. But we want to service you the best way that we can. So what is a number that I can call you back the moment I'm done so that Mm -hmm. I can make sure I give you my full attention? You know, I would appreciate that more as a customer versus, you know, just sitting on hold for 10 minutes. So you have to to take action. And then it's great if you follow up and say thank you. You know what? You gave us some information that let us know that there was an opportunity to better serve you. Maybe you ask them, what would be your recommendation? What would make this a great experience for you? And then mm-hmm. you, uh, because when people feel like, oh, I got a part of this, <laughs> you know, they'll right. share a whole lot and you'll, yeah. you'll get information that you need in order to be successful. Hmm. Now let's talk a little bit about the role of each of the team members. So, you know, in a law office, that could be a lot of different types of roles and positions. How do we as leaders make sure that we're communicating the role to each staff member, and especially the role when it comes to providing that excellent client service? Well, it's important for people to understand that satisfying the customer is the number one goal. So that is the first thing. In order for people uh, to be what I call service champions, as you mentioned, they do need to understand how their work impacts the customer or how their work impacts the bottom line that impacts the customer experience. So, you know, we get so busy in our work, like the busy, busy, busyness of it. And we might not realize that, you know what, what I'm doing really does support the attorney that makes his job easier. He has less stress and therefore he may be a better communicator when he's Mm -hmm. talking to his customers. So if you can help people to understand how their work connects to the customer, which connects Mm -hmm. to the bottom line, that's good. So service champions, you know, are people that have a positive attitude and a cheerful outlook. They, they really understand, you know, that whole thing about the customers, right? Even when on occasion they're not right. (laughs) You know, how do you satisfy a customer that can be a challenge? So Mm -hmm. helping them to work through scenarios. And I really mean that one of the things, Mm -hmm. even if you're a smaller organization, this is a key component for your success. So I tell people, you should invest in providing your 
team members with the tools that they need so that they could be successful as service champions. Right. And when you talk about those different personalities, so, you know, in every office environment, you're going to have some people that their strength is client service. Their strength is, you know, having that positive attitude and being able to engage clients in conversation and make them feel comfortable. How do we as attorneys, as leaders, recognize individual strengths and make sure that we're putting those people in the right positions? Well, sometimes being uh, excellent in customer service means that you have to have a a structure that I'm going to say empowers people to do what's necessary Mm -hmm. to get things done. And I'll use the example from um, Zappos. Now, Zappos got bought out a few years ago by Amazon, but Zappos, which was an online uh, shoe retailer, they were so good at customer service that they had an opening for something like 500 positions. Do you know they received 30,000 applications? Oh, wow. For 500 positions because they mm-hmm. built a reputation of customer service because they enabled their employees to make decisions right on mm-hmm. the spot to service the customers. So we need to. Uh, empower individuals to take those risks. So when you're looking for people to put in roles or helping them to know what their strengths are so that they Mm -hmm. can be good in service, let's do this. How about we just ask people? (laughs) (laughs) And we're we're so used to, you know, delegating and giving out Mm -hmm. orders. But if you ask someone before you assign them what they think about this role, and what mm-hmm. impact they can have, I'm going to say it again and again, because I work with all types of career professionals all the time. People want to feel valued. They want to feel that they're part of the decision making and they will give you their honest feedback and help mm-hmm. you to help them. So, Adrian, we talked a little bit about how, you know, in our day to day routines, we can get so focused on the work and the task at hand, Um, especially I feel like as attorneys, you know, there's so much to get done in one day. How do we make sure that we are inspiring our team members and make sure that we're always keeping that client in mind as a top priority? Well, I will share something that I think is very critical for small and large organizations to do to ensure that your team members are inspired to provide that excellence and service. And that is making them aware of what are your standards for customer service. So I've worked with, again, small and large organizations. One was a very small uh, physician office And just like a law practice, you know, you just have a few people working sometimes and and it's really busy and that sort of thing. But he brought me in to talk about how they could develop standards for customer service so that individuals would know what is expected of them. And therefore, when people know what's expected of them, they are more knowledgeable and inspired to perform. So an example of a customer service standard might be something like 
anticipating and planning accordingly for our customers, greeting them promptly, cheerfully, and respectfully, listening, listening carefully and giving full consideration to their requests and concerns. When we're communicating with them, be honest, courteous, and knowledgeable. Follow through promptly. Do you, you hear those things? If we tell our team members, this is what we expect in terms of customer mm -hmm. service standards, and this is what our clients expect of us, well, we take a whole bunch of the, the guesswork out of it, and we also you know, give them a guide in terms of what to do. And that in itself can be inspiring because if people have to figure out Right. Some of the things that are expected of them, uh, you know, there might be some inconsistencies. So, again, I would say as well to empower them to make decisions so that they don't always need to escalate things and mm -hmm. get them together and say, you know, when these types of things happen, Please make a decision about that. And then we can discuss it at the end of the day or at our next meeting. Mm -hmm. But we want to give them freedom as well <laughs> to, to be able to serve in the way that they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you talked about that, establishing standards for customer service, do you think that's something that should be in writing and then distributed or how formal should we get with those standards? Yes, they should be in writing. And I would also say they should be on your company website because that is a message that you are sharing in terms of your dedication to helping people have a wonderful experience when they engage with your office. So they mm -hmm. will know that these right. people serve with pride and commitment and they have high ethical standards if that is mm -hmm. one of your value statements. And I will tell you, I, I do, maybe because I'm in this space, maybe because I'm a little, you know, but I do go on websites. And when I do my review, when I'm thinking about partnering or engaging mm -hmm. with an organization, I want to know what their standards are. What, mm -hmm. what do they stand for? What are their values? What are they committed to? Right. It's important right. in decision-making. Yeah, definitely. You know, now right along with that, inspiring our staff members and having these set standards, there's a lot of articles and research um, that talk about the importance of creativity in the workplace. And this is probably an area that a lot of lawyers and law office, law office don't strive in is the creativity part. What can we do, um, you know, to have a more creative work environment in a law office? Right. So we know that the traditional office life, you know, what many of us see is the nine to five grind, right? Mm -hmm. and, and people are sitting around, all they're dreaming about is Fridays and weekends. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't always leave a lot of space for creativity. And, you know, because you've got so much to do and other tasks to accomplish that, you know, you might not want to try something new. So, um, being able to have a creative work environment, first, we need to understand how beneficial that is. That really does mean taking risk. Mm -hmm. And you should encourage risk taking. So, for example, um, we're not talking about 
you know, having people, um, you know, redo a process or procedure, but help them to identify like what might be some pain points for them. So I'll share the example of creativity that I had when I was literally in what I consider a boring job as an accountant. Now, anybody that knows me today <laughs> knows that I am like a people person. I'm out there, right. that sort of thing. And I was bored to death. But when I came into the position, what I found was that there was no manual on what I should do. I literally mm -hmm. was learning as I was going along. And so what I did was took the time to create a manual that helped me, but I knew that that could help other people that were working with me or around me so that that took less time for me maybe explaining something that I could just say, hey, I made this cheat sheet. So I help mm -hmm. other people be productive. So you understand what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be something like you're re reinventing an office right. uh, process. You, I tell people to start small because it can be scary to take mm -hmm. a risk. Another thing that you can do to encourage risk taking is an exercise that I do when I train on creativity and innovation and it is called um, the seven hats, which is a brainstorming session. Mm -hmm. So you get everybody together. I don't care if there's four of you. We know that, it, it, you know, you know that it's your staff that's doing all the grunt work. So they're closest to what the real needs are that can help you to be uh, excel and to make things more efficient. So we get them together and say, what are some things that we can do? to make our processes better, to be more efficient, whatever that goal is. And then mm -hmm. just have them start sharing. Don't discount anything because in brainstorming, you are just throwing the whole kitchen sink in it. Right. And then after you come up with sometimes five, 10, 15 different ideas, you can say, all right, what are the top five that we think that we can focus on? And mm -hmm. then you say, well, who would be interested in working on these five things? Now, it doesn't mean implementation. The next step might be just to kind of figure out what that might entail to do that thing. Right. So when you do something like that, first of all, it's a great team building exercise. So mm -hmm. it helps people rally around like, hey, OK, they're. They, they want to do something so that we can have a better work environment so our processes could be better, so that we could serve our customers better. And it also becomes fun. Now, what you have right. to be careful of is that people don't start to argue. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So it, it's good to, you know, so in some cases, it's good to have a facilitator. But yeah. every single time that I have worked with teams or have heard of teams that have done a brainstorming session, they mm -hmm. have always come out with two or three great initiatives that they could do that they hadn't thought about before that really right. could have an impact on their service and their profitability. Yeah. Now this creativity, it can be hard for some attorneys, uh, you know, the way that our practices work and we might be a little bit more on the rigid side. What are some more examples? So I know in the beginning we talked a little bit about um, 
the example of the client being on hold too long and then trying to figure out a solution to that. Is that an example of something that we could kind of empower our team to brainstorm on to figure out a solution? Yes. And if you're thinking about using an exercise like brainstorming, maybe you want to break it up into sections. So for example, you might say, let's figure out ways that we can improve in service when it comes to working directly with our client. Another piece might be, let's think about ways that we can introduce, you know, new creativity when it comes to our process around onboarding a new client. Uh, You know, think about the different areas of work that you have and then you can determine, you know, break it. I call it break it into smaller pieces. And then you find, you know, some of the jewels. First of all, sometimes we're, we're so busy. We don't talk to one another. Right. And then people just get all frustrated because they've been holding this in or they've been saying things and we haven't been listening. If you have an, a staff member that's constantly saying, you know, this computer program is not useful. We shouldn't have to enter the client's name on every screen. Right. You know, you might want to do something about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. These are all such great tips, Adrian. And is there anything else, you know, before we wrap up, any other tips that you have for our listeners on, you know, inspiring your team to provide excellent customer service? I would say it's important that you take action. Customer service is the key that is going to get people in your front door. It is the key that's going to make them stay as a client. It is going to create loyalty. They will come back. They will refer people. They will always want to uh, engage with you. So focus on customer service. A lot of organizations want to put that on the back burner, but it's really important. And lastly, remember that Customers are not just the folks on the outside. We have internal customers as well. Those are maybe your vendors, you know, who are com- the man that comes to fix your printer if, or if you don't pay your bills on time. Those all factor into your reputation as service. So you want to put an emphasis on that and then get people excited about mm-hmm. serving. Mm-hmm. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been great information. If our listeners want to reach out to you, learn more about you, or ask you questions, how can they do that? You can go to my website, coachadrian.com. Adrian is spelled A-D-R-E-A-N. Email me at info at coachadrian. And on all of my social media, it's at coachadrian. And lastly, you can send a text if you'd like to 22828 to join my network. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been a great, great time. You're welcome. Well, thank you all for listening to Elder Law Answers for Attorneys. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to share it with a friend or a colleague. Please subscribe on iTunes and find all the past episodes at podcast.elderlawanswers.com. See you next time.